0: Good morning, South Point Church. You doing all right? Good, good, good. You know, one thing that I would like to say uh, about the outreach yesterday is I want to give a huge thank you to Cassie Gentry, who is sitting right over here. Cassie organized, uh, organized, and then she organized some more for this. If you can imagine organizing 97 kids between the school, the church, and their families It was an amazing, and it went the smoothest it had ever went yesterday. So I just want to show the Gentry family a little bit of love for all their help in this. Awesome job. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. Brought a bunch of joy to a bunch of kids, a bunch of families yesterday. And uh, thank you so much to those who gave toward the food also, because we were also able to give food to every family, several families. If they had more than three kids, they got two baskets of food. So uh, it's just amazing. Like we we were talking yesterday. Like, do do you get what's going on? Like, God lets us. He gave to us so we can bless others. Like we get to do that. Isn't that incredible? Like the worst thing is to see the need and not be able to do anything. The greatest thing is to go. We can do something and get to bless these kids and their families. And uh, it's just such an incredible thing. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite. Yesterday is my favorite day of the year outside of my family's birthdays. That's about it. Um, I love it. I love to be a part of it. Good Christmas joy. We're in this series called Let There Be Joy, and it couldn't be any better. Um, you know, even though there's joy, there's supposed to be joy, is, is, it, is it just me, or does anybody ever feel a little tension at Christmas? Like, I'm loving this, but it's crazy time. Is it just me, or does anybody ever feel that? Well, I ran across a picture I think shows that perfectly. I want to show you this picture and see what you think about that. <laughs> is that not perfect? That's exactly my thoughts right there. Like, I love it, and I'm freaking out. Like, it's busy, busy, busy. There's extra stuff going on. And sometimes you just, like, you just need to stop all the busyness and stop for a minute and get bored and enjoy what this season is all about. It's really not even about gifts. It's about us getting Savior, it's about us receiving hope and purpose and life and love and all of those kind of things. Sometimes you just need to get a break and get away. A a little while back, my family got to go. uh, They got to go to San Antonio. We took a little break. Got to go down there for about a week. And right north of San Antonio, there's a little German town called Green, Texas. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's it's German because it's spelled G R U E N E and pronounced Green. But it's got a cool little couple of blocks, like from the 40s and 50s, that all the little shops are reopened and you can go shopping. And they have a couple of cool restaurants. One of them's in an old mill and it's multi story all the way down to the river. It's super cool. But one of the things they're famous for is the Green Town Hall because the town hall is a restaurant, dance hall, town hall. All in one, and it's a, like a giant big barn, and the door, the windows slide open, and there's screens all the way around. So we went there with the family. We ate dinner there, and it was the night they were having live music. So this giant room, probably about as big as this room, and on one end, this country band's playing, and they got the windows up, and the wind's blowing. Through. I mean, it's, it's the coolest thing, and I got to tell you, since we're on vacation, taking a little break, and they started playing some good country music, my wife is a two-stepping machine, I don't know if she heard me say that or not, but she she loves it. So we got up, embarrassed our kids for a little bit, did a little two-stepping, had a little fun, some twirling and dipping and boot scooting boogie and all that kind of fun stuff. But wouldn't you know it, while we're there, there's a couple from South Point that's there and videoed the entire thing. Yep, yep. I thought you would want to see it. So I asked them if I could show it after they showed us. I asked them if I could show it. And so I want to show you, me and Ginny, doing a little boot scootin' boogie. All right? Enjoy. (laughs) Funny-looking boots, aren't they? Here's my solo. The guitar player handed me his guitar. Had a little fun. Oh yeah, here comes here comes the breakout. Oh yeah, we're showing off now. It's not my most masculine outfit. Hold on, here comes the dip. solo. Yep, so I hope that hope it brought you a little joy. <laughs> hope, hope that brought you a little joy. We don't like to show off for everybody, but our church family. Yeah, thought thought we could show off a little bit. Uh, I, c- I couldn't pass it up. I made about five of those, so I had to show one of them to everybody, make sure everybody clicks like on it, you know, kind of thing. And there's the famous dancer in the back. Everybody give Jenny a hand for that great dance. That was amazing. She has no idea what you're talking about because she just came in. She didn't even know that they videoed us in San Antonio. Yeah, you'll have to see that. Now she's freaking out. Uh, but, okay, maybe you noticed in your seat, since this is kind of our, our two, we do, we do two Christmas weekends every year. We kind of do this weekend, which is a little more flamboyant, a little more modern. Next weekend's our traditional weekend. We do all the Christmas songs, and we sing together, and do the candlelight service. Just a beautiful, very traditional. But in your seat are those little finger flashlights. Everybody have one of those. Let's see. I think I have one here too. And uh, there's the little point, the little pointy end goes out, and then you push the little button forward. Everybody got that? Because I'm going to need you to help me do something in a minute. So everybody, everybody have your light flashlight. There's enough for everybody cool, because they're about to dim the lights, not all the way down, but about three quarters of the way, because I'm going to bring you a little joy today. How about that? We're going to share a little joy, because in the back of one of your seats in the the offering pocket is a shopping gift card in one of these little folders. So kill the lights real quick, and everybody use your flashlight and see if you can find it. It's in the back of one of them. I'm not for sure what section it's in. If you're on the front row, I'm very sorry. That's not a good promo for the front row, is it? Anybody find it? Holler when you found it. No? Oh, oh, it's still out there somewhere. It's tucked in behind. Oh, you did find it. And that, well, there's no gimmick, it's just a gift card in there. She's like, they're gonna make me come up and do that elf dance. Oh, no. No, not going to do that. Okay, you can bring the lights back up. That was a practice run, okay? So everybody everybody, give her one clap on three. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, that's for you for finding the gift card. But you're going to need these in a minute. Because today, I want to I want to introduce you to some Christmas characters. The, the title of the message is Searching for Christmas. And believe it or not, people are searching for Christmas all the time. In life, people are searching for what Christmas brings them. For the, the hope the purpose, and the life, and the love, and all the things that we get from Christmas that you can't get anywhere else. People are searching for that. And in the in the Christmas story in the Bible, it's amazing that when you look, the people are just like us. The The characters that are a part of the Christmas story, they're just like us. Sometimes we, we see them different because they're a fisherman, or a blacksmith, or a shepherd, or a king. We see them different than us. But they're just like us. They're, they work in a cubicle. They, they work in an office. They work at home. They work in a car. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're just like us from a different time. And so I want to I wanna read you a few of these this morning, show you a little bit of transition through some characters of the Bible and how they can show us about what searching for Christmas is really all about. But I'm not going to read it today because this is a fun day. This is a little different day. I've asked our incredible associate pastor, Michael, to come out and help us read this. So y'all give Michael a little love today. Come on out. Oh, yeah. And the first characters I want to share with you are the shepherds. The shepherds that were the first ones to hear about Jesus being born besides Mary and Joseph. So in Luke chapter 2, it says this about the shepherds. Everybody use your flashlight. shine them on mic.
1: And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will be cause for great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger.
0: All right. Great job. So the shepherds. The last line there in that passage said that they, after the, an angel announced it, can you imagine an angel coming to you? You being so special, you being so unique, you being like part of God's specific plan that an angel comes to you and says, hey, I want you to understand what just happened. I want you to understand that the Savior has been born. And it said that those shepherds got up from their sheep. Do you realize this? It doesn't ever say they put the sheep up. It says they left immediately to went and to go and look for this Savior, and they found him. Can I tell you that the shepherds had a lot to hope for? They had, a, they had some serious stuff in their lives that were going on. These guys had been born in a town that had been under Ro- Roman occupation for the last 60 years. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if America was under occupation from another country for the last six decades? That's what these guys were born into. They didn't have their rules, the Jewish rules. They had Roman rules. They didn't have Jewish law. They had Roman law. They didn't have Jewish leaders. They had Roman leaders, the emperor, the Caesars. And so when these guys heard, I want want you to get the impact of this. When these guys heard, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born. It didn't just mean He's going to save our soul. What it meant, He's going to save me from this. and, And I want you to understand that he didn't come and overthrow the Roman government like some of them thought he was going to. But he overthrew their, their personal government, their spiritual government. The worry from worrying about the circumstances that they were in. Can you imagine what that circumstance was like? I'm a shepherd. i got to have a, a permit to be a shepherd. And I don't go to the Jewish elders to get it. I have to go to the Roman government to get it. When I, when I sell my sheep, the Roman government has high taxes i got to pay for them. Like This circumstance that they're in was not of their own doing. Think about that for a minute. How many of us have been in a really terrible spot at times or long times that wasn't of our doing? Maybe you were even born into it like these shepherds were. They were born into that. Can I tell you that this Christmas story, the angel coming and announcing to the shepherds, the reason he says this news will cause great joy for all people Because he knew exactly the situation they were in. That circumstance. He was given hope in a hopeless circumstance. He was given life in a lifeless circumstance. Or if you betrayed the government, they take you off and put you on a cross. They put you in prison. They kill you. I can't imagine a world like that, right? And yet we read this. Those guys are searching for the same thing we are. We're searching for some light in our circumstance. And I want to tell you, if you're here today... And you're in a circumstance that you didn't have control over. These guys had no control over the Romans. You're in a circumstance that you don't have control over. You've been through something that's changed you. Can I breathe a little hope into you, a little Christmas joy, and say unto you a Savior has been born? Unto you a Savior has been born who brings the life that we so much desire. The the purpose, the hope unto you. The shepherds, the reason they left their sheep and rushed off to find Jesus, they'd been living in that circumstance their entire life. And they were ready to have some hope brought into it. The next person, the next character that we're going to talk about is totally different. 180 degrees different. This one is King Herod. Now King Herod is in Matthew chapter 2, not Luke chapter 2. So grab your flashlights and let's listen to the story when King Herod discovers
1: Jesus. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Then he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law and he asked them, Where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea.
0: King Herod was asking, y'all like those little flashlights, don't you? I can tell. King Herod was asking for a totally different reason. If you read the story, if you continue to read the whole thing, what he even even tried to ask people, if you know where this Savior's at, this King of the Jews, would you let me know? Because I'd like to go worship him. Have you ever heard that story? I'd like to go find him and just give him lots of cash and lay down some frankincense and myrrh and gold and all that good stuff that those other guys are going to give him. I'd like to do that. And the whole time it says he's lying. In Matthew chapter 2, it says that that's not why the king was looking. Do you know why he was looking? Everybody say, to kill him. Yeah. What a Christmas Scrooge. King Herod, the Christmas Scrooge. King Herod, listen, he's an important character because sometimes people are like King Herod. Not that they want to kill Jesus. But you know why he wanted to kill him? Because he was scared that Jesus was going to mess up his life. He was scared. He didn't understand The Savior. He didn't understand the Messiah. He didn't understand the story that Jesus was being born into. This story that had been going on for thousands of years in the Old Testament. Teaching us and prophesying and and proclaiming that when the Savior comes, He's going to bring hope. He's not going to overthrow governments. He's going to overthrow our hearts. He's going to change our minds and our our thinking and our motive. And That's what He's going to do to us. So King Herod said, I want to worship Him. But he really wanted to kill Him. He wanted to kill me because he was afraid of what Jesus would do to his life. If he's the king of the Jews, maybe maybe he's going to dethrone me. Maybe he's going to be a king and he needs a throne. And then he'll raise up an army and then he'll come and fight against me. And can I tell you that growing up the first 23 years of my life without Christ, I had a bunch of weird understanding things about Jesus too. I had a bunch of things I had completely wrong. About who Jesus was and what he came for. Uh, my The couple of people that were Christians in my my life, they were always only telling me like the bad things I would do. Which I did a bunch of them. I mean, they had a good point. But you know what I'm saying? Like when I would do something, they'd say, Scott, you can't do that. You're going to go to hell. I'm like, well, I already know that. Everything I do. Everything but breathing's is a sin, right? No, just me, huh? That's it. And... and Me growing up, I I thought that was it. Anytime something bad happened, I would look up to the sky and say, "Why, God? Why are you doing this to me?" Had no understanding of how life worked. I was scared. I didn't want any part of Jesus. I didn't want to. I wanted somebody to tell me where He was, just like King Herod, but so I could stay away from Him. I don't want to go to that. If He's in that church, I'm not going there. If they're gonna, they're gonna pray at this place, I'm I'm gonna go to the other side. I don't want to be a part of that. I was scared of Jesus. And can I just? tell you, reading King Herod makes me, I don't know if I would say sad, but it makes me disappointed for him. Because nobody should be scared of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Jesus came. It, I love those verses where Jesus, like, I feel like he looks at the author, the one writing. In the book of John chapter 10, I feel like he's talking to John. In John 10, and he says, listen, the thief, the enemy, Satan, evil, he comes to destroy your life. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. I read it the first week, the first couple of weeks that I was a Christian in college. And I remember going to my my cousin and going, why haven't I heard about this my whole life? In John 10.10, the second part of that verse says, Jesus said to John, But I have come, John, to give you life and life to the fullest. Like, where was that the first 23 years of my life? I wouldn't have to be scared of you. I, I didn't come to pull the rug out from under you. I didn't come to punish you every time you make a mistake. Come on, somebody preach with me a little bit here. Right? I, I didn't come to mess your life up. I didn't come to take away the things you get. I came to bring purpose and hope to your life. Don't be afraid. I am what you're really searching for. Right? The insecurities that came with that by King Herod, I just want to say, Herod, Relax for a minute. The very things that you're afraid of are the very things that God came to complete, to help, to grow, to secure, to give hope in, to breathe life in. And then there's the third, the third group of guys who weren't believers either. They were astrologers, probably pagan priests, at least from the far east like Persia, maybe even southern Asia. And the story of the wise men, the Magi, it also happens intermingled with King Herod in Matthew chapter two. Get your flashlights. Help Pastor Michael read this. All
1: right. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, "Where is the one that's been born, the King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east when it rose, and have come to worship him." After they had heard the king. they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him.
0: Man, I love this story. You know you know why I love this story? This is so many of us right here. These The Magi, they weren't... Christians, they weren't even God followers. You know what I'm saying? They, they were not of the Jewish faith. They were of the pagan faith. They were the non God faith. They studied the stars and the, the earth and the wind and all kinds of stuff. But can I show you something real quick? How did God lead them to Jesus? Everybody say star. God used their world, the world that He created. And the things that they paid attention to, God used that to speak to them. He, he knew that stars are what they pay attention to. So you know what I'm going to lead them with? I'm going to lead them with a star. And I'm going to lead them to a place where they can find. These people were looking. Sometimes we look at the weird spiritual people in our lives. Don't elbow anybody sitting next to you right now, okay? But I have a couple of those. I have a somebody that I love, love, love in my life. One of my closest family members that has tried every faith there is in the world almost. I mean they've just they've not that many, but they've tried a bunch and they're looking. And you know what? I have learned in my life I used to distance myself from that. And I've learned in my life they're this close. They're, they're, this, they're so spiritually curious. They're, they're looking, they know there's something out there. Thank the Lord, they know that. They know that there's something that keeps all of this together and keeps it organized. and it seems like there's a plan to all of this that's going. They know those things. And you know what I pray? I pray all the time. Lord, just like the wise men. Use their world. Use the stars and the heavens. Use their coworkers. Use their weirdo neighbors. Use their the dog next door. Use their boss. Whatever you have to use. Use their world to speak to them in a way that they can understand. Amen? And and even if it's way far away, who would have thought a bunch of wise men from the Far East? That's East, right? From the Far East. Coming to Jerusalem, coming to Bethlehem, coming to the Holy Land to find a child. A child that was supposedly the Savior of the world. Could these guys have taken this giant physical trip as a symbol of their giant spiritual trip? Could those coincide that like they've been on a journey their whole life looking for purpose? They've been searching for Christmas their whole life. And can I tell you, like I read these guys, I I read the story of the shepherds, I read the story of King Herod, and I read the story of the wise men, and I think that's just like us today. It's the same thing today. These people, in one way or another, are looking for Jesus for the exact same reasons that we do. I I think about it kind of like this. In in many things in life, we look for our self-worth. We look for that if we do good in our education. Do, do I have to make A's and B's and uh, mom or dad or grandma or whoever just pats us on the back? And that, that gives me self-worth. In our careers, we, we look, we search for self-worth in athletics and grades, whatever that would be. And so many things that we look in this world for self-worth. And what we find is the same thing like King Herod. He, he should have been the most secure guy in the kingdom, Right. He should have felt it. I'm like, I'm the king. Everybody say, it's good to be the king. King. Oh, yeah, it's good to be the king. Like, you should be the the most secure. And guess what? Who was the one person that wanted to seek him out and kill him just in case he was going to jack with his throne? It's King Herod. Because the world can't fulfill this. There's a God-shaped hole in each one of us that only God can go in and say, I created you. I formed you with a purpose. I gave you worth. That goes far beyond any circumstance, shepherds, right? Any circumstance, wise men, I created your self-worth. The other one is our hope. You know, I've said before, if I have hope, I think I can do anything. I, I, I have been in some rough situations, as so many of you have. I think, you know what, with my relationship with Christ, I feel like I can do anything. But what about if you don't have Jesus? What if you're still searching for that? And you're looking in this world to give you hope. I'm going to put my hope in my career. And that's great as long as you're going up, right? Can I get an amen on that? But the first time something unplanned happens and the boss says, hey, I need you to move to Antigua and run that office down there. And you're like, what? That wasn't part of my plan. Or or worse yet, hey, the, the economy's gone south and we need to lay off 50 people. You're in the 50 people. Been nice knowing you. Here's an apple. See you later. That our, our hope that we place in the world is taken out from us. And the, maybe one of the big ones is, is love. It's one of the saddest ones that, that's from all ages. You see that people searching for this in the world, right? In relationships, in success. We're, we're searching for somebody to complete me. Somebody to add up all of this. This self-worth, the hope. And to love me that gives me purpose in life. But here, here's the catch. Here's what the people understood. I know I'm, I'm real cheap. It's a cardboard box, okay? But this demonstrates the second half of the journey. Like my, my first half, I looked for these things in the world. I looked for hope and self-worth and life and love and purpose in the world, just like the shepherds, just like the, the king, just like the people, the characters in the Bible. And what that shows me is we do that so often. I'm here to encourage you today, if you don't know already, that Jesus is where everything of good comes from. It's where our purpose is. In fact, that's if, if you do it in reverse, if you find your love in Jesus... That's the love that completes you, that fulfills you. That's the love where Jesus said the two shall come together. They will be one. How, how, Jesus does not know math, does he? You can't add one and one and get one, right? Those are the kind of things I used to get in trouble for. And Jesus is preaching that. That's exactly what, what confuses us sometimes. In him, we find our love. In him, we find our hope. And when we find our hope in him, there's nothing in this world, there's no circumstance that can take that away. If somebody does occupy America, that doesn't take away my hope. You know why? Because my hope is way beyond America. Amen? I don't want that to happen. But what, what about my wife? What if my wife passes away unexpectedly? What if she dies and I'm, and I'm left without her? Well, guess what? That was great. I love having my wife. I wouldn't want anything bad to happen. But my hope is not in Jenny. She knows that. I know that. My hope is her hope is not in me. The hope is in Christ. My life goes on. It's so much bigger than a human being. Y'all understand? I love her with all my heart. Right? Y'all kind of looking at me confused. Don't want anything bad to happen. And all of those things that that love, and hope, that's what ultimately in Christ. What ultimately gives me my self worth. That when I say Christian, when I say I'm a Christian, and you'll hear me say lots of words like I'm a believer, I'm a follower, those kind. Of, but when I say Christ, I'm a Christian, Christian translates to Christ-like in Greek. If you take when in college, I took medical terminology it was one of the classes I took, and it teaches you all the Latin and Greek words in our medicine and what those actually means. And Christian, on the end of it's I A N right Christ. I-A-N. I-A-N is Latin, which means pertaining to or like. Pertaining to or like Christ. When I say Christ Christian, I mean that my worth, my self-worth on this planet is in no amount of cash. It is in no amount of possessions. It is in no amount of position. It is in no amount of people. My self-worth is in one place and one place only. It's in Jesus Christ, and that's what the story of Christmas is all about. Amen. That's what we're searching for. We're constantly and even people in church, we're constantly searching for, for love and hope and places outside. And I just want to remind you today it's not the end of the world. It, that doesn't mean you're a bad person, but what today is is an opportunity to say, Lord, I've been searching. I've been searching for like you to complete me, you to fulfill me, you to guide me and make me like you. Show me what your will is for my life. And I believe just like the shepherds, just like the wise man, God will lead you and guide you, and he'll be faithful to change you, change your heart. He's not going to overthrow your situation many times, but he'll overthrow your perspective on that situation, your outlook on that situation, your strength to handle that situation, and all the things that we need for those situations. I want to encourage you today. If you're searching for Christmas, if you're searching for Christ, Jesus is here for you. For you today. He's made the journey. Would you close your eyes with me? I'm going to read you two scriptures to finish this off. In Colossians 1.17 it says this. He is before all things and in him. In him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. I want to encourage you today that our lives are held together when they are in Him. When our hope is in Him, our purpose, our life, our love, our fulfillment, our destiny. When that is in Him, He holds that together. And the last verse was for the, the Hebrews about 3,000 years ago. In Jeremiah 29, he writes this. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Today, I want to give us an opportunity to surrender to Jesus, to look to Him for hope, to look to Him for purpose, to look to Him for life. And you know what? You may be in here and you say, well, I am a Christian. I, I, I am encouraged that I've given Jesus my life. But there's a, there's a circumstance, like the shepherds, that I can't control. There's a situation in my life that maybe even not you. And you need hope for that today. You need life for that today. I want us to pray and pray that that same Jesus that gave his life out of heaven to come to earth to bring us hope would come into your life today in the middle of your faith, in the middle of your struggle and breathe life and hope into you. Can we do that? Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for all that you have blessed us with. We're thankful for your word, that your word reminds us, that your word reminds us of our true life, that it's found in you. I pray that today you would breathe life into those in this room that, that are like the shepherds, Lord. They're in a circumstance not of their doing, in a situation beyond their control, And they need your strength. They need hope. They need your life inside of them, Lord. And we pray for that. I believe the message of Christmas is life, is hope, is purpose. And that's what we pray for today. That as we leave this Sunday, as we go into our work week, our week at home, our week at school, whatever that would be, that you would remind us that the message of Christmas is all about finding life in you, Lord. And you have promised if we continue to search for you as the shepherds did, as we continue to search for you wholeheartedly as the wise men did, that you'll use our circumstances to lead them, lead us back to you. We can find the very things that we're looking for. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.